Hi, I'm Mark Shulman. I've been an Apple developer for 30 years, and I've been listening to the App Podcast now for three months, and I think it's great. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, I'm Paul Kemp, the App Guy. And it's with great pleasure that I uh, get to interview guests from all over the world. Uh, today is an interview with a guest who's currently in Thailand, which is exciting. And so let me just build this up. If you're an indie app developer, one of the biggest challenges that we have is getting noticed in the app store. And you know it's really challenging to uh, get up there, get into the most noteworthy. Uh, there's a lot of apps now that we're competing for. So it's one of the reasons why I'm just thrilled about today's guest. Uh, his name is Gabriel Mascheret, and he's the founder of ASO Professional. So if you go and just Google the words ASO Professional, and Gabe is all over the uh, internet, you'll find him everywhere. And he specializes in app store optimization. So it's a really warm welcome, Gabe, to uh, the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul, thank you so much for having me here. Excited to be here all the way from, from Thailand. You've become the world's leading authority on uh, ASO. So perhaps you can tell us how you fell into that and you know, and a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So my background comes from, from SEO, from interior marketing. I used to do SEO that is obviously search engine optimization for websites uh, for customers. So I had an SEO company and a friend of mine decided to launch an app and I was kind of jealous. I really wanted to mainly do the same thing, but I didn't have the budget. And I saw his whole path from the idea, the conception to, I mean, struggling with programmers, debugging, launching the app. And I was nagging him all the time about how people are going to find the app. How does the search works in the app store? How are you going to get ranking for this app? And mainly what I, what I got back was a lot of no ideas, of no answers, like no idea. We'll see how it happens. And his app was a completely flop. He lost tons of money, like $50,000 or, or more in developing this app. And he, he had a brilliant idea. It was a very good app, but there was no success at all. So I became obsessed about learning how the apps work and how you can rank them and how the algorithm works in different app stores. And I started doing some research and that's how I got, got started. But perhaps we could talk a little bit about keywords and uh, how, how you know, you've learned uh, to be a master of this app store optimization? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the first point was to understand, I mean, how the app stores work. I mean, there are different, I mean, environments or platforms or ecosystems, like we have Google Play that's going to work completely different from Apple. Therefore, any, therefore, any rule that you apply to Apple is not going to apply to Google Play. So the, the first thing is, I mean, to understand that the search works in the same way. I mean, people are searching for things they want to download. Now, the, it's 2014, so we're used to search. So people are going to be searching for very precise, I mean, keywords. People that have the intent of downloading or buying. So the interesting thing is that it works like a, like a website. Is we need to try to find what people are searching for and trying to anticipate those search terms with our app. So if you have an app that you can't describe, that you don't know how to define it, it's going to be very difficult for people to find it because keywords relate to apps so you always have to think about 
what keywords will people have to search to be able to find my app? And this is something that developers and app entrepreneurs fail dramatically. They decide to develop their app and then they start thinking about search. Um, if you're developing an app that no one knows it exists, that there's no need for it, that no one is searching for a potential solution, it's going to be very difficult to obtain any free traffic that comes organically from the app store. So all the traffic that is free, that we call organic, is when someone is searching for a specific term. Example is, I mean, improving productivity, and you find an app that includes that keyword or includes that term, and hopefully it's going to rank and you're going to, I mean, find what you were looking for. I understand you've learned a few things about the, uh, the Apple method of uh, ranking and and some of the things they're doing, and it's quite a manual process. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a few things that are interesting. I mean, first of all, Apple works. I mean, Apple ignore descriptions. So the description that you add on the on the app itself on the page, it makes no difference. So it's all a combination about keywords that are on your title and on the 100 characters they give you. So those keywords are going to generate what we call the long tail keyword. So you have the word productivity, time, comma, management, improve, okay, uh, effectiveness, or whatever. So those combination of keywords can actually generate the keywords that are going to be bringing the traffic. But at the same time, I mean, um, Apple tend to remove keywords if they don't feel that those keywords are right for you or the keywords are copyrighted. So a perfect example is Flappy Bird. So let's say you're going to use the, the keywords Flappy Bird, and then you're going to be cheeky and try to put the word angry, okay? And then let's say you're going to be even more cheeky and put the word Rovio. Those keywords will be removed by the person that approves your app. So you're trying to be sneaky, and Apple will actually go and remove them because they know that if you include those keywords, and um, potentially you will be ranking for the keyword, let's say Angry Bird, Rovio. And obviously they don't want you to rank for those keywords because you're trying to piggyback from famous keywords or trademarks. So the, the algorithm with Apple is not very advanced, but the, the good thing of ASO is people are not doing it. So people literally decide not to do it because they, they think it's too difficult to start, they don't want to learn. And then people that are doing it successfully are people that are usually quiet about this. So some people are crushing it, like we say in intern marketing, they're crushing it with ASO, but they're doing it quietly. So they're optimizing their app in different languages. They're doing keyword research properly. So they're analyzing what markets have less competition and they're developing their apps, targeting specific markets rather than I mean, developing the app and then start wondering who is your market. And it's probably trial and error that you're you're working your way through this and uh, finding out what's working with um, with all the work that you're doing, submitting um, apps to the App Store. Is that how you're discovering all this? Yes and no. I mean, we also have professional tools. I mean, there's professional tools out there that can help us to detect these changes. Um, there's companies right now that actually will inform if they see any change in the algorithm. So that's pretty interesting. Um, there, the, there's tools right now that can detect if you're losing ranking and everyone is losing ranking. So you can actually predict that there's a, what we call an apple dance. Is one day you were in second position and the next day you were in position 155. But then the next day you went back to second position. So by using tools that we call them ASO tools, and there's different companies, there's a sensor tower, there's mobile dev HQ. Um, there's different tools that allow us to be able to track this information so we can try to make uh, more or less like, I mean, educated decisions about what works and what doesn't work. Now, what you're saying, Paul, is true, is Apple doesn't reveal too much information. 
I mean, we don't have a mad cuts for Apple like we have right now in Google. Google have mad cuts that is the the main uh, speaker or I mean rep for for Google telling us about what they're doing regarding search and spam and how they're trying to improve the algorithm. We never hear that from Apple, um, and that makes our our job extremely difficult. Yeah, and. Um... I understand you've done some courses in this uh, on Udemy and people, if they're interested in what you're talking about here, that they can learn some more from you. Yeah, I mean, you can actually go and check in asoprofessional.com and see some of the Udemy courses. And the idea of, of these courses is mainly to, to cover a whole, a whole process. And the process more or less is from, I mean, from the person that has the app already. So you have an app and it's not working because you haven't done ASO. So, I mean, ASO can actually give you the tools to be able to bring those keywords that hopefully is going to bring some organic traffic. And one of the most funny and, I mean, cool things is to see when people do ASO for the first time in an app that never had any ASO done, that you can actually see a massive, very fast increase in downloads. Now, the interesting thing to use ASO is to do it one step beforehand, and is when you have an idea. And to validate the idea, they said that you want to um, come up with I mean, with different terms, or you want to analyze how viable it is to launch an app in a specific market. I'm going to give you a perfect example. I mean, let's say that you want to make a game, and this game is about is a fighting game. So you already have the code, you already have the idea, but you don't know if you're going to make the, the fighting guy a ninja, or you're going to make it a samurai. And now, in, in normal terms, for you, a ninja and a samurai is the same stuff. But a ninja right now will have around 4,800 apps that include the keyword ninja. So if you start tomorrow for ninja, you're going to compete against 4,800 apps that, I mean, potentially they're games. So you have a lot of difficulty to rank for ninja. But if you go for the keyword, let's say samurai, well, samurai is going to give you potentially half of them, uh, 2,000 apps competing. Now, let's say that you go for a more precise keyword and you're going to call your samurai a Japanese samurai. So you will see there's less traffic for Japanese samurai, but maybe you're only competing against 19 other apps. So just by choosing the right angle of your app, and you can only achieve this poll when you actually have data. So the idea we're trying to do is trying to make those guesses of how we, I mean, how we tackle our app and what kind of niche we approach and how we, we market based on competition levels. If you're going to launch an app about ninjas, usually what happens, people complain, oh, I launched about an app about ninjas, it's not working, the app store is broken, search doesn't work, and it's like, no, search works, but I mean, there's certain amount of traffic for ninjas, and you just enter the most crowded, I mean, space in the app store. Therefore, that's why you are not going to obtain the traffic that you, you expect. So the courses that you have, uh, I see in Udemy, are App Marketing Guerrilla and App Store Optimization. So uh, I definitely encourage people listening to go and uh, check out those courses on Udemy and, uh, and check out your website. Um, so a lot of the stuff that you learned in search engine optimization must be applicable here then uh, from all your experience with uh, Google search. You can apply perhaps a similar uh, characteristics to what we're saying here, looking for the demand of long tail keywords, focusing those on the, the keywords themselves within the app. Uh, is it true? Or do people search uh, similar in the App Store to the way they search on Google? It's, it's, it's very, very similar. I mean, you can't expect people to stop being humans. 
So there's some, I mean, there's some, uh, some behaviors that are very important. I mean, one of the things that people forget is that it's also very important to understand what we call, I mean, intent in buying on, on search in SEO. And is if you're looking for an app, I mean, potentially that person is not looking for to download the app, they're just browsing. So when we're looking at keywords, it's important to understand that some keywords are more valuable based on the intent rather than a keyword like ninja. I can be looking for a ninja a game. and doesn't mean I'm going to download it. it can, I can just be browsing. But if I'm going to be looking for a game like, I mean, like submarine simulator, it me, it's just a very precise keyword. Now, if I put the word nuclear submarine simulator, it means that not only I like simulators, and not only I like submarine simulators, I want a specific type of summary simulator. So if you're ranking for that keyword and you have a game that is decent enough, you're going to get the download almost guaranteed. Now, the other important thing is that what we analyze is that you don't have to compete against 4,000 apps. You, what you have to do is compete against the first people that are in the app store for that keyword. So sometimes what you will realize is that, like we do in SEO, is that some apps are very weak and they're ranking very high. So with ASO, you can actually see if some apps have bad reviews, their icon sucks, there's no good screenshots, and they're still ranking first in first position for a keyword that you want to rank for. So your job is not to reinvent the wheel. Your job is literally to do a better job than them, have better reviews, have better icon, and have a better app. And then obviously target the keywords that the, the competition is targeting. So you can apply many of the things in SEO. Obviously in Google Play, because it's based on Google algorithm, you can actually apply even more stuff of SEO because Google Play is like a little brother of Google. Google wasn't going to reinvent the wheel and spend a billion dollars developing a new algorithm. What they did is they just adapted what they had to make it, I mean, as easy as possible to implement uh, a different app store. Does it get all the same updates, do you think, as uh, we see on Google search? The updates, yeah, the pander. And that. I, I believe the same philosophy. I believe, I mean, the, the philosophies and the standards and the values of Google company will, will, I mean, will pass to Google Play. Okay, they just make a new update against anti-spam. Um, so they're very, very strict. Okay, they have no tolerance against copyright breaks. And they try to make a statement because Google Play has been abused dramatically by mega spammer uploading thousands of apps in a month. So they're making a statement and for Google it's easier to, I mean, to detect automatic what you're doing. Don't forget that Google has your history of your Google account. Um, they can track everything you do. If you're logging in Gmail and you go, I mean, browsing, you can, they can see everything you do. If you're using Chrome, they can understand everything you're doing. So therefore, I mean, they have more control of, of the app store like than, than Apple. So I, I can see Google developing a better and better and better search system rather than Apple at the moment. Apple is struggles. The 100 characters of Apple are not enough. And there's, there's very little communication between developers and Apple. And that's going to, it's starting to backfire already. Yeah, we, uh, I was mentioned this developer we were speaking to, and he reminded us that when he started with Apple, they were so nice to developers, they used to give uh, developers 50% off of a new Mac, which would be pretty handy now, but uh, uh, we don't get anything. Yeah, it's funny. There's so many apps, and obviously, I mean, and to be honest, I mean, it's also, I believe, has been an issue of the App Store, Apple, being overwhelmed with the amount of apps. So it's very difficult for them. There's not a lot of... Um, there's a, there's a lot of discrepancy between decisions of Apple. I mean, right now this is famous that if you get an app rejected, 
and you have a second account, upload to a second account, and in many cases it gets approved. Okay, because it depends on the on the person that is approving your app. That it could be an 18 year old intern working in Apple, you know, that has a bad day, so it's going to reject your app for any kind of reason. When in reality, um, in many cases, you can get an app approved that has no issues at all in a different account because it's just another uh, reviewer approving the app. So that kind of things make people disappointed. The what I was mentioning before, the Apple removes keywords in your iTunes keywords uh, without telling you. It's also very cheeky and a bit disappointing because there could they could be a channel of communication saying, "Hey, listen, from now on, please do not use these keywords." And if they tell you tell you once, I mean, people will, will I mean will pay attention. They will follow their advice, but there's no communication, so it makes it very difficult. Yeah, it's the different philosophies between the two companies. One Google being uh, from the foundation of open source, and Apple being secret about what it does and all the secrecy that that you know surrounding the uh, launches and stuff. Let's talk about reskinning apps because people listening um, may be thinking, uh, well, you know, with SEO, all we do is we create a lot of different websites so for different keywords and uh, the, the, we target those long tail keywords with different sites. Uh, the same philosophy, I guess, is true with apps that we can reskin apps and target different keywords for effectively the same app but that has slightly different graphics and a maybe has been changed a little bit. What's your views on reskinning? I mean, at the moment, I, I actually have, I mean, a website called theappincomereport.com. You can actually check it at appincomereport.com. And I actually, I mean, uh, talk about my reskinning, I mean, project. It's not a professional project. And I believe it, it, it's actually very profitable if you do it right. The problem is, um, there's an old saying um, of, I think it's Gary Vee that says that marketeers ruin everything. Um, and the problem is that we have abused the system with reskinning a lot. Um, so when you see, I mean, 3,000 Flappy Birds uploaded on the App Store, um, it becomes difficult because Apple will make it more difficult for the next people to upload Flappy Bird clones. So it is, I mean, it's a huge future. I can see it more of, I mean, people developing more complex codes, but the use of ASO is vital. And I think that's when you start use, doing ASO that your brain is always tuned up to how can you use this code and niche it and make it specific for one niche, make it specific for a different angle. And I do that very well because I come from an inter-marketing background where we're always looking for a specific niche. Um, people tend to do the games about runner games, ninja games, you know, I mean, the same games over and over. What I'm interested in is what are those niches where I can find source code I can use but people are not really providing apps to that market. I don't want to go for the market with the 10,000 downloads. I want to go for the market where I can get three or four or five dollars per app per day. And that would make me pretty happy. Well, uh, yeah, I would suggest anyone wanting to uh, look into that goes to appincomereport.com. I mean, all these links will be on uh, the show notes for uh, the podcast. So you just go to onemob.com and hit podcast and go to Gabriel Macharet. Uh, it's the episode 45. And you'll see all the links that we're, we're talking about here. Um, you know, let's move gears a little bit, because one of the things that I'm fascinated with is just your lifestyle and the fact that you're calling me from Thailand. I'm very jealous. And uh, <laughs> uh, for people thinking of perhaps uh, getting into app development, getting into the entrepreneurial lifestyle, location independence, what's your lifestyle like? What takes you to Thailand? How much traveling do you do? Perhaps talk us through what it's like to live your life. Um, I mean, the app has created a great freedom for me. I mean, I, I make um, 
I mean, a real, I mean, I believe there's a real passive income with apps. I mean, right now I'm staying with a friend of mine. He's an app entrepreneur and he lives in Thailand. I'm staying with him and he has a great life and his life is extremely affordable. I mean, based on, on the income of, of apps mainly. Um, the advantage of apps is that if you're doing it right, I mean, the, if you're doing it right, the investment can be, can find an ROI, a return investment pretty fast and allows you to to work independent from, from anywhere. I live in Australia that I believe right now is the most expensive country in the world. And um, and I still can actually travel. I mean, can have a laptop, work from anywhere. Um, I'm not a coder. I'm not a graphic designer. Um, and if someone like me can do it, this is the most important thing. I can't even open Photoshop file. I don't even know what Xcode is. I don't have a Mac that is like the biggest crime for anyone in this <laughs> business. Okay, I was, I, was, I was saying to my friend, I have to buy one. I mean, at some stage to see how the thing looks. I mean, I can use any of them. But the, the main thing is I can actually see the potential and 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 manage my time very well from different locations. So um, I'm going to be speaking next um, in, in Singapore next month in Casual Connect. That is for indie, de- indie and casual developers. Um, worldwide, and I'll be also in London in July in the 10th for the App Summit Day. That is a marketing event for two days in London. So yeah, all that is thanks to thanks to apps. So if people are, I mean, listening to this and they're considering should I start doing apps? I mean, my suggestion is don't dream too far away. Just consider that maybe it's going to be, I mean, beneficial for you to start small. And if you achieve small victories, you can actually. I mean, obtain nice, I mean, nice benefits from the business and potentially pay your car or pay your, I mean, kids' schools or go for holidays after six months. Um, start small and um, and enjoy the process rather than, I mean, try to think you're going to become the next Chad Moretta or something like that. Just start small and enjoy the ride. That's great advice. I just have, to, what was the name of the conference in Singapore that you mentioned? It's Casual Connect, and Casual Connect is, is a gamer, I mean, conference for anyone in the game industry. There's um, there's three of them this year. There's one in Singapore, one in Kiev, Ukraine, and one in San Francisco. And I will be speaking in the one in Singapore on May the 20th. And the other one is the App Marketing Summit that is going for the second year, actually the third year um, in London. Um, so that's going to be pretty interesting. It's all about app marketing, pure app marketing, and they're going to be have a, a big focus in app optimization this year. So it will be pretty exciting. Well, uh, hopefully see you there then, because I'll have to um, gate crash that one and uh, take you for a drink. But uh, absolutely, won't, won't be as exotic as Thailand or Singapore. But we have some good pubs in London, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you bo- your boys can drink. Yes, yeah, so that, that'll be no problem. Yeah, that's one thing we're good at. Huh? <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's, thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. The fact that you've got this lifestyle that enables you. I mean, you're you're distributing on the world's most global distribution uh, system, which is iTunes, and uh, you get sales uh, from anywhere without, I guess, even knowing where they're coming from. You you can you can make a sale from Thailand and literally anywhere in the world that's got an iTunes uh, app store. So it's just a wonderful um, system that Apple have uh, created and Google uh, have created as well for us. And it's nice that you nice that you're making money on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the other things is that I mean, is is surprisingly that we're not doing this more. I mean, there's people that are, I mean, that we we ignore other markets. We keep focusing on Apple and and a Google Play. But people, I mean, there's no one doing properly Nokia. There's no one really hammering. I mean, the Amazon App Store. 
Okay, I mean, so there's all these app stores that are waiting there for developers to come up with with amazing ideas or going to dominate a niche. So you could become the, the god of medical apps in the Nokia app store. And if you have five or 10 or, or 20 hits in the Nokia app store for the medical category, that's it. You're set. I mean, that's going to bring you an income every single month that can actually change your lifestyle. So one of the things I encourage the people is to to start thinking different. I mean, if you think an idea is crazy and no one is doing it, for the first time, do it, okay, in this industry. Because, I mean, everyone doing this exactly same thing and following this, the same app stores, the same type of apps, I mean, it becomes a, a bit crowded. But when you start looking at, at things different, I mean, right now I'm looking at app stores in China, okay? I mean, who's doing things in Japan? I mean, you start thinking a bit different. Um, Facebook just bought, um, I think it's called uh, Oculus, that is the 3D uh, recreation, I mean, simulations um, system. And Google has Google Glasses. So everything is heading towards more apps, people using more apps. So the, the big challenge for people out there is what's going to be next and how you can actually be one little step forward, I mean, further than other people. Have you had an opportunity to put on the Oculus Rift? No, I haven't. I mean, I would love to. It would be pretty cool. Yeah, um, the big YouTuber, PewDiePie, has done quite a few of the games on there. And uh, they look really awesome because uh, they, they totally submerse you into the game. And especially the horror games, you know, you're walking along with this flashlight and everything's dark and it just looks really, really good. And I can't wait for that to come out. And uh, uh, it's a shame that I guess Facebook has bought it, but um, uh, you know maybe you can check your Facebook as you're playing a game. But uh, now that, that sort of stuff are wearables. Uh, have you got any wearables? Have you had a look at any of the uh, wearable apps and you know like the this, uh, Pebble Watch or the uh, Gear Watch from Samsung? I had a, I had a little play with the Gear with the Gear Watch, um, and um, I mean. I'm very keen in wearables, um, but I'm also very interested in apps that integrate with other things. I have um, one of the bands that integrates with your health and tells you how, how, in how, how much you're sleeping and how much you're walking. And, um, and that's what really a passionate, I mean, I, feel, I find fascinating about the App Store. I mean, that you can see all these new, I mean, new ecosystem growing, to, I mean, towards apps. I mean, right now, they're going to be, I mean, you're going to have a computer with apps in the car. So I can see in one or two years telling you how far away to your destination. And I mean, if you're going to be hungry, okay, or if you're getting tired to give you different type of music or, I mean, anything that I mean can be incorporated in your everyday life thanks to apps is going to happen eventually. So what I'm passionate about, I mean, about ASO is all those apps need to be find, found somehow. People will still search. You'll be searching with, with your voice or, I mean, by typing or you, ha you have to search somehow because apps will never stop, I mean, pu be, being published. So the big question is how are people going to find these apps? And that is where it becomes a completely new challenge because the app store is changing every single day. And with that, I mean, the competition increases or decreases and you have to be ready to to try to fight for your little bit of traffic. So before we say goodbye, that you know, you are someone who's living a, almost like a location-independent lifestyle and uh, traveling to all these different conferences. I would love to know what's on your phone, your home screen or the apps that you tend to use. Uh, to get around what what are your favorites um, i'm i'm completely obsessed with productivity apps okay and one of my favorite apps is <laughs> one of my favorite apps is called carrot 
I have the two of them, carrot alarm clock and the carrot, I mean, task list. A carrot is, um, I don't know if you know what carrot is. It's an alarm clock that is, is, is rude and angry with you if you don't wake up. So it becomes the nightmare alarm <laughs> and it screams and you have to do puzzles before it stops. You can't really snooze. And also has an alarm, has a, a productivity app, a, like a task management, but it will literally wake you up if you haven't done something for the day. It will tell you that you are... I mean, a scumbag, that you're lazy, that you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, and I love those kind of apps. Apps that are, they're completely conventional. I mean, there's nothing different about them, but the angle is completely unique. So something that is a bit strange, I mean, I love those apps that allows you to to analyze your behavior and see how productive you are. So I'm a productivity junkie. Yeah, I was thinking with uh, Apple's recent update, I, what, what phone do you carry? I have an iPhone 5. Yeah, so the, you know their update, uh, We well, I don't know if it happened to you, but in the UK, we got a new Siri, a new voice for Siri. And it just happened overnight. It was just an, an update, you know, you don't think too much about it, then you suddenly uh, go talking to your phone. And the voice had changed. It was, it was like really uh, upsetting in, in a way because I felt like I'd lost you know, an old friend. Oh, a friend. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, what have they done with Siri? You know, it was, uh, they completely changed it. Uh, yeah, I just didn't like the way they just suddenly wrenched that away from us. And uh, I was really gutted that they took that away. I'm getting used to the new guy, but it, it's almost like, uh, I've, you know, someone's left me. <laughs> You'll be fine, Paul. You'll be fine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, Gabe, it's been uh, terrific. And uh, for people listening, this is your second time uh, on the podcast. I messed up completely on the first one and I had my Mac that crashed. But so thanks for being such a sport, coming back on and just sharing this great content with us and uh, the audience. No, my, my pleasure, Paul. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I just want to take inspiration from the fact that, you know, you've done all these things with your life and, uh, you, you know, you are a superstar in, in terms of SEO. Uh, for app store optimization and and you do all this without um, the basic fundamentals of coding or uh, Mac or anything like that and it just it shows that you know if you can really drill down and focus on a, a particular subject to become an authority in it that uh, you, you could that could be better for you than getting distracted with all these other things that you know other people can do so uh, yeah, my, my suggestion to people out there is stop to stop listening um, to many. I mean, focus on one trend. I mean, listen to podcasts to in, get inspiration of people's action, but focus on your own path. I mean, you will never be like other people, so you have to find what you're good at and try to, I mean, don't stop, keep hammering. And listen, if I can do it, I mean, I'm not a native English speaker, as you can tell. I can't program. I can't open Photoshop. Uh, I'm technically completely useless. So, I mean, if I can do it, I mean, I'm pretty sure you, your, your listeners are much better prepared than me. So, yeah, they, 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 will, they will do it for sure if they put the energy and the effort. And how best can uh, they connect with you? What's the best way of reaching out and getting in touch? The easiest way is to send me an email. My, name, my email is Gabriel with one L, no E at the end, at asoprofessional.com. Or they just have to Google Gabriel and ASO and they will find all my videos. There's tons of videos for free on YouTube and I have courses and the whole information. So they can find me anywhere or just find me on Facebook and add me as a friend. We'd love to connect. Great. Well, thanks. You're such a star. You know, you're creating all this great content for the world and uh, I'm very appreciative. So just thanks for coming on the App Guy podcast and I would love to catch up with you when you come over to London. Absolutely, Paul. Thank you so much for having me, mate. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 